Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined, as always, by co-host Ryan Donnelly, who has uh, recovered from an evening of severe elder abuse, of really just beating up on the old people. Um, Ryan, how are you feeling after after clubbing some, some retirees? Yeah, well, people forget that, that most elders who are abused do deserve it. <laughs> um, that's something we don't talk about enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, man, it's good. It's good. I, uh, I was like, as I had a few people over my house to watch the game last night, a few fellow Buckeyes and as things were winding down, it looked pretty miserable. Um, my buddy's girlfriend was asked if we were planning on going out and I was like, ah, oh, maybe. And she issued like a very stern warning. And she was like, look, if you're going to be miserable about this fucking game, you can't come out. You can't ruin the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> and then we won. And then I was okay. Then I was all right. Uh, the vibes were not ruined. I mean, they were ruined for a solid three hours, but yeah, they they turned around. You know. Yeah, that was that's we're we're gonna talk about that game. I think that that is sort of just the general. You can just say that about the entire Ryan Day tenure. It was miserable for three and a half hours, and then we won. It's <laughs> kind of the mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So we're we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to a whole bunch of stuff from a loaded week four of games. Um, I'll, I'll ask before we do the ads real quick. Do you think the week delivered on, on what it, what it promised? I thought it was really good. I was really happy with it. Yeah. I think the afternoon slate got kind of sleepy. Yeah. Um, just, which we'll get into in a second here, but just kind of like the nature of how the Utah, UCLA and Alabama Ole Miss games played out. Yeah. Plus it worked in Colorado, which we kind of knew would suck. Um, I thought the afternoon slate got pretty sleepy, but the noon, at evening and late night slates were all really good. And there was a couple of weeknight games worth watching too. So yeah, um, yeah, really happy with it. I, I think like always, whenever we hype it up to be like, oh, one of the best slates of the year, it's never quite like a magical weekend, you know, but there were what, four or five really good games that were worth watching and fun to watch. Yeah. Um, at least if not more. So uh, pretty happy with it. Yeah. There was, there was depth throughout it. There's a lot of stuff to talk about and we're going to get right into it. But before we do, uh, if you want to hear us, talk more about these games, you should go to meetatmidfield.com and subscribe because the premium episode this week is basically just going to be sorting through a bunch of the stuff from this week and a bunch of the stuff in college football right now and giving it a little bit more time to breathe, giving it a little bit more space. The recap is such that we don't want to linger too much. There's like 30 games on this list and there's only so much we can really do within this capacity of not you know, not going three hours long because that's not really realistic. Uh, so if you want that, if you want the premium episodes of this show, go to midfield.com and subscribe. You will also, of course, get the premium posts like the Sunday Hangover, uh, like Scheme Standouts, Watch List, your weekly column, uh, Takes of the Week that Taylor does, uh, Ohio State coverage from Kevin, um, all sorts of good stuff. And, of course, the message board, <laughs> which I, I don't know. I don't have the raucous. stats on this. Yeah, raucous. I don't have the stats on this. I have to assume that that was the busiest Saturday we have ever had on the message board it was it was out of control it was unbelievable the the sheer volume of posts and, and the the quality of the volume of posts was just unbelievable yeah I'm, I'm kind of checking right now to see how how many posts we had across the game threads it was a lot um <laughs> it, was a, it, was a early, big, it was a big number or, Early returns looks like it was over 2,700 posts across the game threads throughout the weekend. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of posts. <laughs> just obscene. <laughs> like, we talked about this a fair bit. Like, 
we make no pretensions that we're one of like the biggest message boards in the country, right? Like, this is not like a you know a rivals Texas yeah. board, it's not it, Orange this, Bloods. This is also just like to be clear, a good thing. We don't want to be one of the. We don't want to be yeah, the biggest be those pocket. Guys. Those yeah. those guys. <laughs> the the reason that those boards are so big is because they have a whole bunch of the worst people on the planet. Um, we don't want those guys. That is not. <laughs> is not our our prerogative. Yeah, and you're getting like you're getting threads every week that are like, OT, does anyone? know like a good divorce lawyer in the san antonio area yeah um and yeah. stuff like that which is fun uh <laughs> no but i mean we have cultivated i think like i just love our community so much man like the people that post on there are like in the exact kind of milieu that we're in which are like genuinely obsessed with and loving college football not in like a, oh the sickos game way but like in a truly cherishing the sport yeah watching all of the games every saturday really loving football and talking about program management and, and like, you know, uh, staff and scheme and all these things that, you know, end up with the product you see on Saturdays and the analysis behind it, the context that comes out of that, the narratives, all these things. Like these are true, really died in the wool college football fans yeah. that are obsessed with their teams and love the sport. And they're also like funny. Like I really do think we've, we've have some very funny people. They're much funnier than you or I yeah. uh, that really add a a lot of like character to the boards it's it's such a fun community and um i mean it's such a blast to be on there every saturday yeah that is maybe the greatest the greatest feat of them all for the meet at midfield message boards is that it it's it's actually funny like it's not <laughs> there's so little in sports especially in college football of people trying to be funny that is actually funny it's mostly just like annoying right we've talked about yeah. this before we've done the reddit rankings before um it's not like that it's not it's not that style of language it is not that uh just being kind of flippant about everything um like you said these the, the people there do care they care a lot and it comes through in the, just the way that the board is it's a really really cool place we're very very happy with it yeah um the, the my favorite post right now is uh, our buddy vt underscore ben who had the indiana football nine levels of losing post yeah um which details the nine ways that indiana makes you feel miserable every, every week yeah uh or different weeks and uh they correctly diagnosed before the game <laughs> that this would be a tier three which is a win that makes you feel terrible afterwards mm-hmm. uh absolutely nailed it they were all posting on wednesday like oh we got a tier three coming this week yeah no doubt about it and sure <laughs> enough they went to overtime with akron <laughs> yeah <laughs> where they needed two missed field goals from akron to survive uh three two or three yes so, right, i mean akron yeah. missed a bunch but yeah um <laughs> very funny indiana fans they do have a very good grasp on what specific way they're going to be miserable they know they know ahead of time exactly how it's going to hurt <laughs> I, I really I really respect that about them. Um, yeah, so there's all sorts of cool stuff over there. Go to meetmidfield.com and subscribe. We'd love to have you. Um, also sponsoring the show, of course, is Homefield Apparel. Homefieldapparel.com. Use code meetmidfield for 15% off your first purchase of high-quality collegiate vintage apparel. They got it on shirts, long-sleeve shirts, sweatshirts, uh, pants, bomber jackets, hats, everything that you could want to put on your body, they have it over there, and they have it for just about every team that you could think of, every college football team, and even, I think, some pro teams, which is crazy. I think they got some some Colts stuff over there. If, for some reason, you're into that kind of thing, they have that as well. Mm. Um, use code meet at midfield for 15% off your first purchase over there. Ryan, you want to talk about some football? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, we had a few weeknight games, a pretty sparse slate, but there were three games kind of caught our attention here. Yeah. Um, starting off with Georgia State's 30-17 to road win at Coastal on Thursday night. Um, this is a quick one because the actual game itself was not super entertaining. No. Uh, but just in the context of Coastal's larger program, the Tim Beck hire, 
is genuinely one of the worst hires any FBS program has made in recent memory. Like it is completely neutered and castrated all momentum they had yeah. in the Chadwell era where they finally found an identity and became somebody. They had all this excitement uh, down in Myrtle. They had the cool field. They had like, you know, the sick offense. It's all gone. All of it's gone. Yeah, it's all gone. And it's not even like you can barely even see like a shadow of it uh, on the, the players who are left and on the program that is left behind. It is like they never did it. It's like they never had it. And, and you know, the, those fans and those players can still remember and enjoy those those great seasons. But there is there's no lasting impact. It, Tim Beck has come in and just washed out one of the best programs in the G5 and replaced it with uh, just something that's bad. Just, just an objectively bad program. A program that looks listless, that doesn't really have anything it wants to be doing uh, offensively or defensively, um, and they really got ran off the field by a, a Georgia State team that I like, a Georgia State team that I think might be pretty good this year. Um, Darren Granger, I thought, played really well at quarterback again. They're, they're figuring out what to do with him on offense, finally. It has taken them a really long time, but I think they've got a groove for him. I like those receivers a lot. Um, but the the coastal side of things, man, they're just there's just nothing. There's just nothing happening. There's no momentum. There's no energy. They aren't doing anything that is worth paying attention to. Um, and attention is the number one thing that you need as a fledgling program at this level. You have to give people something to care about or else they just won't fucking watch. They won't show up. And I think very, very quickly, Coastal Carolina is just not going to have anybody watching or showing up. People won't care about this because there's nothing to care about. Yeah, correct. Um, I mean, man, it, it's it's just like it's such a miscalculation for what they were, what worked for them, all of it. Like, I just don't understand any even if you wanted to go away from the Chadwell system, yeah. like hiring this guy to do it, like one of the most juiceless, boring people at every program he's ever been at in the history of college football. Yeah. I just can't imagine. I cannot imagine making this higher. And I and like how fast it's it's turned terrible yeah it's stunning to watch yeah i mean I, I, they're just basically on the pay no mind list for me until he's gone yeah he has no positive traits there's nothing good about tim beck there's not a single yeah there's not a single thing that he can add to a football program that makes it better he is just a vacuum of of uh of bad he's just a shitty a shitty football coach um yeah. all right next up here on the weeknight wisconsin 38 purdue 17 uh, Purdue is really, really shitty. I know Wisconsin gets the big win here, and Wisconsin, you know, deserves some credit for going on the road in the Big Ten and getting a big win. Purdue sucks really bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, they are, I mean, really shitty. Yeah, yeah, there's just nothing cooking here at all. I, I don't know. I guess I was slightly encouraged with the performance of Tyrone Tracy for them. He kind of seemed to emerge a bit and really had some pop. But besides that, like, just nothing thing cooking for this team i don't know man like yeah eh, i don't know what to say like three turnovers couldn't move the football i mean i think i guess move the ball a little bit but like just couldn't score couldn't convert um yeah i, I don't know man like th there wasn't much pressure from them uh they were good in run defense i guess oh, they were okay in run defense <laughs> they helped wisconsin to four and a half yards per carry yeah um i guess it was encouraging for wisconsin to remember that brandon allen was alive uh -huh. and feed him um, he led the team in carries, so I think the first time all season, um, <laughs> which is cool. Yeah. No longer remembered him. Really, I smart. mean Purdue. 
Purdue's in a tough spot, man. Like this is going to be. Uh, I, I could think you can say fairly the three teams they've lost to uh, are three teams that are all probably in the top 30 or 35 in the country, right? With Fresno State, Syracuse, Wisconsin. Yeah. Those are all quality teams. But I, I don't know. They still have Iowa, Ohio State, and Michigan on the schedule left to go. Yeah. Uh, which means they have to win every other game besides those to make a full game out. Yeah. Yeah, and and I do I wonder like and I don't have the answer to this. I think maybe Purdue fans would know better than I would on this. Um I don't know if this was always going to be a rebuilding year. Like if if Jeff Brom had stayed, this would still be a rebuilding year. Um I know he he took some guys with him to uh to Louisville and they obviously had some guys leave as the coaching change happens, but um it is that it is very much a rebuilding year in year 1 for Ryan Walters. They are it it doesn't feel like they're especially close to anything right now. I think it it will take time, and I I you know, I like Ryan Walters. I think Ryan Walters is a very good defensive coach, but this is it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough year. This is just not a very good football team right now. No, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a minute, man. Uh, the encouraging part is looks like Dion Burks, a pretty solid receiver. Like you see a few pieces there. Like I don't think Hudson Card is terrible. Mm-hmm. I think he's fine. He's a fine Power Five quarterback. I mean, he didn't look good. Against Wisconsin, but I also like Wisconsin's defense. Yeah, um, he has. I would. Been, I would say he has yet to really look good to me. I, I have not really seen. I him think look he's looked competent most of the season. Is yeah. what I'd say. Yeah, and that's just which not, is fine. That's Whatever. just not going to yeah. rescue a, a team that isn't very good otherwise. You exactly, know, the rest of the team's not good enough around him. Like I, I don't know, their O line is really poor. Yeah. Um, you know they they found someone in Tracy, and I still want Mockaby had kind of a tough night on on Friday. But I still like Devin Mockaby too. Um, two solid backs. Deion Burks, a good receiver. Like you have a few pieces there that if they, I think Hudson Card's expiring eligibility, maybe. I should double check that. He's, um, he's expiring. He'll be put in the ground. He'll be buried. He'll be given a warrior funeral. Uh, uh, no, he's not. He has time left. I apologize. I was wrong about that. Okay. Um, he, he still does have time. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, like, if they bring the like this skill core back, and, and I assume like Walters always figures out a good defense, right? And he's not play calling, which I do understand as a larger structure. Like he's having Kevin Kane, his assistant in Illinois, call the plays. Yeah. Um, but I assume they're gonna learn some things this season. Defense be better next year. Um, skill core should be better. If they can figure out the O line next year, I think this team can like you know, win eight or nine games again. I don't think that's is that far out of reach next year. Yeah. But this year, just some of these games they've lost, it, it looks like it's going to be a long season. And I mean, look, a bowl, a bowl game is still very possible, right? Like they in order to get a bowl game, they have to beat Illinois at home, Nebraska on the road, Minnesota at home, Northwestern on the road, Indiana at home. Okay. Like they should be favored in all of those games, right? They, they should be in theory. Yeah, they should be. So I, I don't think... Like if they go six and six in year one, that's fine, right? And they go five and seven, it's not a disaster. If this team falls to like four and eight or something, I start getting kind of nervous. Yeah. But yeah, look, you're going for next season. It is what it is. Yeah. Last week night game, Boise State thirty four, San Diego State thirty one. Um it was a it was a much needed win for either one of these teams. Boise State ultimately gets it done, but watching this game, man, it really didn't change my impression of either of these teams, which is that they are talented and not well coached, and they don't really know what they want to do. Um, I just, yeah. I, I, it's it's hard for me 
it's hard for me to see either one of these teams seriously contending in the Mountain West because they're just not really trying to do anything. There's not really a goal. Austin Ashton Genty is is excellent and and could I think lead yep. a really good offense if they knew what to do with him. But they really don't know what to do with any parts on this offense and. The defense is very shaky. You shouldn't give up 31 points to San Diego State under any circumstances ever. Um, it's just not. Uh, it's not very impressive on either side of this uh, of this game. No, no, it was not. Uh, I thought there were like, I don't know, four or five good players on the field the whole night. <laughs> like yeah. I thought that. Um, I thought that, as you said, Ashton Genty was incredible. I thought Jalen Maiden played pretty well for San Diego State. He's yeah. pretty much their whole offense. He, he, needs, else going. he just needs more help. He's got no help on that yeah. side of the ball. Yeah, I liked uh, Eric Butler and Noah Tumblin on San Diego State's defense. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> even, uh, what's his name, Sidarius Barfield wasn't bad. Yeah. But there's just not a lot of, like, yeah, like you said, poorly coached. You can see the talent. You can see why they should be good. Um and it was good for Boise State to get a road win here. They kind of needed this after, I mean, that UCF game, right, is an understandable loss. Obviously, the Washington road trip is a very understandable loss. Um, it just but did, still it, have road trips. Yeah, it was more of an eye test like, thing than, than anything. It was less the result. Exactly. More like, these guys don't look like they're doing anything. No. I think Fresno State's going to beat the shit out of them. I yeah, um, I also think that. I don't know if Air Force plays Boise State this year, but I think Air Force. <laughs> they do. Will also, it's the finale. I think Air Force yeah. will also beat the shit out of them. Um, yeah, that's the season finale. Yeah. Um, they also get Wyoming still, uh, and they go to Memphis next week. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, yeah. I mean, they got to figure some shit out, and Andy Avalos, I don't trust to do that. Yeah, no, I don't trust him either. Um, all right, let's move into Saturday noon. The big game of the slate was, of course, Florida State Clemson. Florida State comes out with an overtime win, thirty-one to twenty-four. Um, I don't really even know where to start with this one. <laughs> where do you Where do you want to start here? Yeah, I mean, I think Florida State played pretty badly and yeah. still won. Yeah, which is like. I think we talk about this because, like, I think there are some people, like a lot. Look, we can we can be honest. With you, a lot of our listeners are Ohio State fans, right? Just by virtue of what you and I used to do for work. Sure. Um. So I think when people like hear me kind of give a pass to a Florida State, while being very critical of a Ryan Day Ohio State program, they get annoyed. Yeah. But a Florida State team that has not recruited for the way that the big boys have for years, and has built a lot of this, like you know, via the transfer portal, and obviously it's less depth than the major programs you have to grade them on a different curve. And at the end of the day, they went into Clemson and played pretty poorly and still gave uh, the Tigers their second home loss in the last 42 games. Yeah. Um, which is, is pretty impressive, right? It's like over the course of what, six or seven years, they've lost two games at home and Florida state's one of them. Yeah. Um, it's a good win. That crowd was really into it. I thought Kate Klubnik was tough as shit. That kid was getting hit all day yeah. uh, and kept popping up. Um, I was really impressed by him. Um, I thought Clemson's defense was hitting like crazy. Yeah. Uh, that front is very, very impressive. Um, they only finished with two sacks, but I mean, they got after Jordan Travis all day. Um, those guys put you in the dirt. I, I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to a defensive touchdown, right? For Kalen Deloach. Kalen Deloach made an individual play where he comes off the edge on a safety blitz, or it was, he's a linebacker, I guess, but he kind of plays like a walkout linebacker role. Yeah. Um, 
comes off the edge on a blitz, catches Klubnik clean, recovers his own forced fumble and takes it for a touchdown. Yeah. And they win by seven, right? I know it went to overtime, but like they don't get to overtime at that play. Um, they also Clemson missed a couple field goals, right? Which is like, <laughs> as everyone talked about with their, uh, with their, you know, MBA student who yeah. Tapo took a job away from to come play football. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a big win for Florida state in the context of pushing for an ACC title and, um in a playoff spot right obviously they still have some games to play they're gonna be pretty big yeah um they have um they have a bye week coming up and play virginia tech before getting back-to-back games against duke and syracuse yeah um which are and they still have a test against miami later in november as well so this team's not out of the woods yet but they have passed to me what are pretty clear their two biggest tests of the season so far yeah um you know playing lsu and a road trip at clemson like i respect duke a ton uh, I think Syracuse and Miami have surprised me even better than I thought. Um, but those were the two hardest games of the season, and they won both of them so far. Yeah. Um, and I think also just in the context of like Clemson, this is it. Like it's over. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's too much to say, but like they're eliminated virtually from the ACC title race this yeah, year. They're they not got, getting in. Like they have two league losses yeah. already. They've played four games and they have two league losses to two of the best teams in the conference who will probably finish ahead of them in the standings. Like they're, they're not right. It would take a lot. <laughs> and I, and I think, yeah, I think they're still due for a couple of losses this season. They still have yeah. several really hard games. They go games to Miami. Yeah, yeah. They go to Miami. They, they go to Syracuse. They have, I think Notre Dame still on the schedule yep. and North um, Carolina and South Carolina are not like pushovers. Yeah. It's uh and, and I, I think Clemson has figured some things out here as evidenced by the fact that they were in this game and that they made it so close and that they really had the, you know, a pretty good chance to win it. Um, a very good chance to win it and couldn't get it done. Um, they have found some solutions. I think that can be functional, uh, functional on offense with what they have. I think that they've done a better yep. job of understanding, their personnel and highlighting it. The receivers have started to show up a little bit more. Cade is, I, I think, still very much a work in progress. But like you said, he is a he's a sponge. He is just tough as shit and and takes a whole lot of hits and makes plays yeah, for them. I was very impressed by that. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so I I think that Clemson is, it's not going to be fully operational again. I don't think, at least not under this administration. I just don't think that Dabo can do that again. I don't think that the, yep. the structure of college football is such to allow him to do that again. I think that they are um they are in a not a free fall, but they're just it's going to be diminishing returns and it has been for several years and it's going to keep being diminishing returns because their talent is just not is not such and their their coaching is not such to allow them to overcome it. Um but on the Florida State side of things, yeah, you do you do judge it on a different standard, and for good reason. Florida State is a rising program. Florida State has not been here recently. Florida State has not been here under Mike Norvell. Um, this was supposed to be the money year. This is the jump year. And guess what? They just went into Clemson with a giant target on their back, with Clemson giving it, I think, probably the best game that Clemson really can play, <laughs> at least in terms of just what this, ta- what this team and this talent is capable of. Uh, Florida State didn't play especially well, and it still won the fucking game. That is what you do if you are a playoff contender, if you are a championship contender. You win this game, mm-hmm. and Florida State did. And that was, I mean, coming into the season, we said, you know, if you get one of the two against LSU and, and Clemson, you're feeling pretty good. And they got them both. Um, 
that is a success. It doesn't, it, when you are rising like this, when you're trying to get yourself into the, the upper echelon, it really doesn't matter how you do it. You just need to win football games. And they, they went and they found a way to do it. Jordan Travis steps up late, makes some really big throws. Um, they, uh, you know, Keon Coleman has that, that great touchdown reception in the, uh, in the overtime period. The defense I thought was terrific in the second half. They were really, really shaky in the first half. And I thought they responded really well. Um, yeah, that is, that's what you need to see here. It doesn't matter if it's pretty Florida state won the game on a road on the road in a place where nobody has done that in a really long time in this conference. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, like you said, the conference part's important there because I think if you look at the conference tree for Clemson, it's way longer than those 42 games that I mentioned. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since someone's gone into Clemson one. Yeah. It's um, hard to do. <laughs> it's hard. hard. It's that hard crowd to do. Was, I mean, that crowd kind of got quieted down in the second half as Clemson's offense died out. Yeah. Uh, they had just, you know, seven points in the second half in overtime. We're going to talk about what this kind of means for Clemson going forward. Like you talked about some of it, whether Dabo can write the ship. I, I think you all know our answer. Yeah. Uh, as well as like what Florida State has to fix to kind of, look, we talked a lot about how flawed all the title contenders are this season, but kind of what Florida State can do to get this right as the year goes on yeah. um, and kind of strengthen even further. So we're going to talk this more in the premium show, but yeah, very impressive win. Uh, do we got it? I mean, you, you did what had to be done, got out of there, get a bye week to get healthy. Um, we're going to talk about the rest of the outlook for the season and beyond for both these teams uh, on the premium. So we'll, we'll kind of pause it there. Yeah. Um, we had a couple of games we want to get, do quick hitters on. Um, Oklahoma won 20 to six at Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, I think you were kind of, uh, more down in Oklahoma than I was. And I think you were right about that after watching this game. Yeah. I had mostly been box score watching Oklahoma to be fair throughout the season. Um, you're not they alone. Don't look don't, very impressive. Don't feel too bad. Yeah. I think that's pretty much what every single national media person has been doing with Oklahoma. It's just box score watching. <laughs> yeah. They don't look very good. Right. I'm not, I'm not crazy. They don't look very good. No, they're not very good at all. <laughs> Um, like Cincinnati sucks. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, Cincinnati. And 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 I I we've said it before, and we're gonna say it all season. This is gonna be the line on Cincinnati. That defensive line is really good, and and did a lot of really positive things in this game. But that's it. That's all that they have, and it was still a really close game for pretty much all of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, very much so. Um, it, like. Cincinnati never felt completely out of this game. They just couldn't convert anything. Yeah. Like they just couldn't, they, they couldn't finish drives because Emory Jones is bad. Like they had, they had an interception um, in the end zone. Uh, they had a missed field goal. They had a turnover on downs, I believe in the red zone. Um, they had, a, they had two turnover on downs. What's the second? Uh, they sorry. They had three turnover on downs. Um, <laughs> all of them in Oklahoma territory. Um, and they had an interception in the red zone and touched in the end zone rather. And a missed field goal. Like Oklahoma, other than their two touchdown drives, uh, they had, they had, let's see here. They had, they went punt, fumble, touchdown, field goal, punt, punt, end of half, punt, touchdown, field goal, punt, punt. Yeah. Um, like, I don't think Oklahoma was very impressive. They didn't really get what they wanted to. No, they didn't really get what they wanted to, and I, I think that there are better teams in this conference who will make them pay for that. Um, I just I, there's no there's no substance to that offense at, at Oklahoma. There's nothing. 
There's yeah. nothing underground. And that fan again. base is turning on Jeff Levy quickly too. For good reason. He sucks and he's stupid as shit yeah. and he's an asshole. <laughs> they should turn on him. They shouldn't know how to Besides that, place. yeah. Yeah. He should be yeah, he, uh, he should be behind bars. But other than that, um yeah. and, 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 they get uh, they get uh, oh sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say and maybe we'll talk about this more on the premium as well, with talking a little bit more at length about extended program outlooks. Um, on the Oklahoma side of things, man, what is the best case scenario here? Your current Clemson? Is that your goal? You want to be Clemson right now in modern football? Because Clemson also isn't equipped to play football in 2023. The scheme is not up for for 2023. Is that the best case scenario here? Is that what you're building to, to be 9-3 and three every year? Uh, yeah, dude, that's the goal. Because cool. uh, <laughs> that's, that's it's, it's not um, like it's going to get easier. It's not like you get to stay in the Big 12. You're going to the SEC. You have to, it's going to get harder, man. It's going to get much harder. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed at all with Oklahoma. They, uh, they get Iowa state next week, which will be an easy win. I'd say, um, cause Iowa state's bad, but then they yeah. get red river by week UCF at Kansas. Are they going to win any of those three games? I Maybe would, UCF if John Reese Plumley still hurt. I would assume that they get at least one of them, but I think they probably drop the other two. Um, yeah, there's that'll be that. Just, yeah. yeah, cool. That'll be fun. I'm sure that that's what their standard is at Oklahoma. That's about what they want. They want to be roughly nine yeah. and three. I mean, honestly, if they go ten and two this year, that's like it's still a big improvement. But yeah, like the like it's ten and two because of a weak schedule, not because they're good. Yep. All right. Next up, Marshall wins uh, versus Virginia Tech, twenty four to seventeen. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say on the Marshall side here. Good on them for getting a P5 win, technically. Um, Virginia Tech, I had the thought watching this game, and I think I know the answer. Um, do you think that Virginia Tech would be a bowl team in the Sun Belt? Do you think that they would make a bowl game if they were playing in the Sun Belt? Oof. Because honest to God, I don't know if they would. I really don't think. Like, it depends who they get in the schedule, I guess. But like... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, it's really bad. That I, I feel like Brett Pry was a bizarre hire in the first place. Like he was a, a really good college DC for Penn state for quite a while. Yeah. But I don't view him as a guy. Like he's such an anonymous guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like Penn state had a, like had several top 10 defenses under him and he was never talked about as like a major coaching candidate. Yeah. And never really had any juice. Um, I just think he is a completely identityless, juiceless coach who made several bad hires and has a bad roster Yeah, and they're not going to fire him this year. Because yeah, nor should they, honestly. He he the situation they, yeah. he inherited was such that he he should get several years. If you fire him now, then you're not gonna be able to get anybody. Nobody will want that job. Um but yeah, I think that that's all fair. What I would say about Pry, I don't know if I'm the first to express this idea. I doubt I am. Um I think he would have been a really good replacement for Beamer. I think if you plug him in after Beamer, he could have kept a lot of the stuff that they had been doing going. I don't know yeah. that he is the guy to repair the fences that uh, that Justin Fuente came in and broke, right? I just don't know that he is that force of personality who is, you know, the, the dynamic recruiter and all of that stuff that can that can do all that. Maybe he can do a slow build and, and, and you know, mend some of those relationships in Virginia that Fuente burned by just not recruiting the state. But... Uh, I, how long do you get in modern college football to do that shit? How long is the leash on that? How how much can you realistically do a long-ass rebuild when you can, you know... <laughs> there's a lot of examples around the sport of teams that were in bad situations that didn't need to do that. 
how long can you keep Virginia Tech's administrators from looking at that, from seeing those examples and from getting antsy about, well, why don't we have a Dion? Why don't we have, why aren't we building in the portal? Why aren't we doing this shit? And even if it's not, you know, even if it's bad process, even if they should have a, a foothold in Virginia, that's the way that the sport works. That's the way that it is. Yeah. And just hire Mike Vick, dude. Just just hire Mike Vick. They might be the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, they might do that. Don't. Uh, they're don't, they're don't hosting the uh, the Pitbull March and and Blacksburg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I guess two really quick notes on it is Rasheen Ali was awesome. He's a really good player. Yeah. Um, really really good player because Virginia Tech is a bad football team, but their defense is not bad. Uh, it is just relatively assignment sound defense and he he tore them up for 174 yards two touchdowns uh also Pitt goes to virginia tech this weekend yeah um better not lose pat better better not lose that game <laughs> yeah we'd be wise not to lose that one staying in the acc here syracuse wins 29 to 16 against army um they were trailing i think into the second half of this game and just figured it out they just figured it out on both sides of the ball they figured out how to stop army's offense they started moving the ball on the other side of the on the, of the other side of the field. Um, this is a good win. It's it's a good win. I think that this is a firmly pretty good Army team, and Syracuse took care of business and and really didn't let the game linger. They put it away. Uh, I think pretty late into the third quarter, early in the fourth, and that was it. And that is what good teams do. Good good win for them. Yeah, it's fine. I think they're a solid team. Uh, you know, I don't think they're like. I don't think I've seen anything from Syracuse that tells me they're special. And I think there's like a real chance they lose their next three games. Yeah. Um, However, they're a lot better than I thought they'd be. Uh, And I think they should be a solid bowl team, if not win like eight games. Yeah. I think Um, that they are filling the vacuum left by Wake Forest and NC State not being very good. That would be my, my projection for the season is that somebody has to be in that roughly eight, nine win range. And Syracuse is the team willing to do it right now. Them and Duke. Yeah. Um, and like maybe Louisville, I guess, which is four now somehow. Um, but yeah, I just hung 56 on Boston College. I don't think we have in the recap, but yeah, they, crazy. They sure Boston did. College is so bad. They sure did. Yeah. yeah, I think Boston College, I think last week was Boston College's death now. I think that that was their, their final their final cry as they were put into the ground. The last thoughts that went through their head before the, the DMT hit their brain. Yeah, um, it's the perfect Jeff Halfley game to... Uh, to almost beat a good team, but never actually do it. Yeah, um, it's a really, it's a really funny, is... it's a really funny death now. <laughs> it's really, really yeah, on yeah. brand I mean, for them. Like That's the... the best they could do. That was their last grasp the... was a two point loss. <laughs> yeah, just the the bastard child of like Ryan Day and Matt Campbell, just one of the most annoying coaches of all time. Yeah, um, sick little puppy. Yeah, sick little puppy. All right, moving on. We have a big win for Troy in the Sun Belt. Yeah. Um, winning 27-24 at home or Western Kentucky and surviving uh, a late rally there from, from WKU. Yeah. Um, really good win for Troy. Um, they had well over 500 yards in this game. Um, the Russian attack is back. I forgot stifled by James Madison. To be fair, Western Kentucky does have one of the worst rush defenses in the country. Yeah. Um, but they do also have a really good offense every year. And the Troy defense was stout. They held them to 288 yards, um, which is significantly better than I think even Ohio State defense performed against Western Kentucky. Yeah. Um, so really, really good day for the Troy defense. Um, any deeper thoughts? I only caught part of this game. Any deeper thoughts here for you? No, just the, I, I would I would even add to the the Troy defensive performance. I'm worried about this Troy offense quite a bit, and I have been for you know this was this was the case last year as well, and they managed to overcome it. But 
I do worry that the offense is going to let them down in big games, in the in the biggest games of the season it already has against James Madison and, and to an extent against Kansas State. But uh, what they did against this Western Kentucky offense was really impressive. It was really, really impressive. I know the, the, the final score doesn't doesn't fully indicate that, but I think Troy had three turnovers on the other side of the ball, and they still held Western Kentucky to just 51 plays. Um, the success rate under 40%. Didn't really let Austin Reed get going. Um, certainly didn't really let a, a rushing attack get going of any kind. Um, just impressive. It was it was really really impressive from Troy's defense, which continues to be I think one of the best in the in the G five. Very well coached. Very good at what they do. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Um, super impressed by that. Uh, the last one in this slate is Texas A and M's twenty seven ten win over Auburn at home. Yeah. Uh, man, that Auburn offense is fucking <laughs> horrible. It is. Yeah. Uh, it, it is. It's stinky. It's real stinky. Um, I don't. Yeah. I don't have a whole lot to add on it. I, Texas A and M didn't look especially good here, but they escaped. They got the job done. Um, Auburn yeah, is, I mean, is in a bad place. Four hundred yards of offense against, uh, I think, what is a pretty solid Auburn defense is at least good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a positive side for AM that had not been. I mean, like, also how much of that is just getting a million possessions because Auburn can't move the football. I don't know. Um, but I, I was relatively, I don't know, relatively impressed by AM. I will say, like, Connor Weigman got hurt here, and they brought in Max Johnson, who looked a fair bit better. Yeah. Um, which I means I think their quarterback controversy is back for what every year since Kellen Mond's been gone, so like four <laughs> seasons in a row. They just can't um, help themselves. They cannot help no. themselves. And also, has Max Johnson been a part of all of them? It feels like I, I think he's like only a sophomore, but it feels like he's been there for forty-five years. Yeah, Max Johnson um, is is eternal. He has always been in college football. He yeah. will always be in college football. We can't get rid of him. He's he's like fungus. He's just there forever. Yeah. You you cut off the 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 body of Max Johnson, and another one just sprouts up somewhere else on the football field. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty. Cool. Uh, it has to be also pretty pretty frustrating. Uh, for Auburn to get like uh, an average of six and a half yards a carry from from Brian Battle and, and Jarquez Hunter and still, you know, have this bad of an offense. Like they just weren't feeding those guys enough. They had eight and nine carries respectively. Um, why? Yeah. Like, like I think you're just overthinking it. Yeah. Yeah. You could say, <laughs> um, you could say, I think you could say that a lot about the Hugh Freeze offense. You're just overthinking it. Just don't, you don't need to counter yet. Just do the thing that works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you uh, did you see Auburn's passing stats today? No, I would guess that they're pretty bad. What would you like to if you were to throw? If I told you they threw twenty three passes, give me an, a guess for completion percentage and uh, and yards per attempt of like what I would uh, hope for or what I think it was. What you think it was for? I, I guess yeah. What what you think it was? Maybe what you would hope for. Okay, I'll say re- reasonable, not being too unfair, not letting the tone of your voice impact my 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 <laughs> my answer. Um, <laughs> knowing Peyton Thorne, fifty five percent for one hundred and eighty three yards. Oh, Patrick, it's much worse than that. Oh, good. Uh, it was thirty nine percent. They were nine of twenty three for fifty six yards. Oh. Um, 2.4 oh. yards in attempts. 
not you don't want to see a completion percentage in the 40s because that's really bad when it gets into the 30s you are you are approaching a territory where no team should go that is not yeah <laughs> you're going phil Dracovic. yeah yeah you're in the pit zone at that point that is not what you want to be um yeah interesting interesting development there afternoon Mm -hmm. slate here kansas wins versus byu 38 to 27 i thought kansas played really well here and byu just stuck around good on byu for doing that this was the best that byu's offense has looked this season and really in quite some time um yeah Kansas figures it, it helps out. The Kansas DBs suck. Yeah, Kansas DBs are not very good, but Kansas figures it out, gets some key pressure later on in the game, leans on the depth, and ultimately is able to pull away and 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 get another win here. Kansas, I believe, is four and zero. Yep, correct. Uh, Kansas is four and zero. Uh, and also worth though the defense kind of shut them down in the second half. Yeah, um, only allowed ten BYU points. Uh, BYU threw a pick six and another interception. Uh, in that second half, yeah, um, the Kansas defense did. I think the, the the positive here to take away is they started creating a lot of pressure. They do kind of take some risks on defense, and they paid off this time. Yeah, um, Austin Booker was a dominant force, had a sack and a half and two and a half tackles for a loss. He just lived in that backfield all day. Yeah, um, Kenny Logan was good as always. Um, Kobe Bryant had a nice play. Um, just a lot of guys out there making a difference for for Kansas and. Uh, I mean, look, the Kansas offense, the Kansas offense, right? It's very efficient. Um, they know exactly what they're doing. They only ran, uh, what is it, 56 plays in the day on offense. Um, yeah. So the yardage total looks kind of bad, but I mean, they were they were averaging well over six and a half yards a play. So I mean, good. The offense did fine. Uh, they just didn't have a ton of possessions because their defense scored twice, yep. <laughs> which is which is good for them. Yep. Uh, obviously, and they'll take that. Um, you'd like to win a little cleaner if you're them. You don't want to be down at the half at home to BYU, but look, you won the game by two scores over a league opponent and you're four and oh. Yeah. Um, it's good enough. Yeah. Yeah. DB's gotta get better, but but it's good enough. Yeah, you're you're Kansas. You're four and oh. It's it's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. Four and oh at Kansas, <laughs> it is totally fucking fine. I don't know. hundred percent. Well, there. I'm also trying to grade it here of like our expectations for Kansas versus yeah. Kansas' expectations for Kansas. Like yeah. you know, we talked about them as a team that could win nine or ten games, and I think yeah. they can still do that. Listen, um, listen get there, for, for four weeks, yeah. my expectation was that they would be four and zero, and they are. <laughs> they they did it. Yep. Yep. I don't. Right. I don't really care how they got there. I I know it's not always going to be pretty. They did it. That's fine. It's <laughs> that is that is all I need to worry about right now. They're four and zero. Yeah. Uh, probably game of the week next week at Texas. Kansas to Texas is one of the biggest games that slate. Yeah. I, I guess you also have Utah, Oregon State's big too. Yeah. Uh, but. A few good games there. That's one of the big ones. Um, we also have Ole Miss at LSU. But we'll talk about that in the preview. Yep. Um, West Virginia is three and one after beating Texas Tech twenty to thirteen. Yeah. What the fuck? What's going on here? Is is Neil Brown gonna wriggle his way out of this fucking jam? Is he gonna is he gonna escape with a bowl game? I was looking at their schedule last night. It wouldn't be that hard for them to get to six. They have three already. I, there are yeah. several, e- like not easy wins, but very winnable games left on this schedule and within this conference. There are teams they could beat. Um, is he going to do this? Is he actually going to survive another goddamn season and just keep this thing going? Dude, they, I, I can't believe they won a league game where they had less than 260 yards of offense. Yeah. And, um, and they don't want to fire him. I'll say this. They don't want to fire Neil Brown for a whole lot of reasons. He, like, if he's winning these ugly games, then they're fine. It's it's fine. They're gonna just keep doing this. 
Um, yeah, they're chilling. Yeah. Uh, what, also, what a disappointing year so far for Joey McGuire and Texas Tech. Yeah, they um, they were they without had a ton of momentum uh, after last season. They were yeah. without Tyler Shuck for a lot of this game. He got hurt early on, but also broke his leg. Yeah, he's out for the year. Yeah, so. yeah, but also they're one and three, and this was supposed to be a really big year for them, and it's not going to be. Um, and I would imagine that that's, yeah. that's pretty frustrating. It's not like the end yeah. of the world, you know. I, I think that they still had. Obviously, they still had building to boot to do and still have building to do. Um, but it yeah. is not I mean, the, the Oregon loss you stomach, but like the Wyoming and West Virginia ones. Yeah, on, yeah, it Come is. On. It is not the linear progression that people were hoping to see after a really good year one, and that is just something that happens sometimes. Um, next up here in the Pac-12, uh, we got a couple games. First up, Utah wins versus UCLA without Cam Rising, fourteen to seven. Um, I, UCLA did not play an especially good game here, but this Utah defense, which is still hurt, which is still badly hurt, which is missing several starters, just shut this fucking thing down. And this is a good UCLA offense. They just blanked them. They just completely turned out the lights from, from really from, from kickoff to the end of the game. Um, they ended the game with three sacks on four downs, uh, in the, like, you know, the, the potential, game tying or potentially game winning possession for UCLA at the end of this. Um, they just shut it down. They totally shut it down. This defense is really, really, really impressive. And I'm really excited to see what Utah looks like closer to full strength because I think that this is maybe this is this is maybe a team to be taking seriously with a like a capital S taking seriously. These are these these guys are really, really fucking good. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's, I mean, that defense is disgusting, dude. They, uh, it, it was three point six yards per play for UCLA today. Yeah. Um, that is a really <laughs> bad number. Um, That's a that really is... bad number. That's one of the worst numbers you can have. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the worst numbers you can have. I'm gonna pull it up. I believe that would. I'm gonna double check. I believe that would have qualified for last in the FBS last year over the course of a full season. Yeah. I'm going to double check that. I would, uh, I mean, I would hope you don't want to be averaging less than that generally uh, across a season. You, you want to see teams get a little bit more than that on yeah. there, on there. It would have been comfortably last actually. New Mexico at 3.9. Yeah. Uh, so it would have been comfortably last. Um, yeah. Jonah Ellis, dude, by the way, what a fucking freak. Three and a half sacks, five tackles for a loss in a day. Yeah. Um, he had, just absolutely balled I, out. I believe he yeah. had two, the first two on that last drive were both, uh, Jonah Ellis sacks. I was listening on the, I was listening to the radio call, the Utah radio call. While I was driving down to Logan. Um, and you get the first play and you get the announcer doing his, his, uh, you know, his, his sack call. And then I thought that it had like rewound and just played it again because he just does the same exact call the second time. It's, you know, Jonah Ellis again. And it's, it's, uh, I went, I had to like go and look and it's like, no, actually he did just do it. He just did the same exact thing. <laughs> he just did it again. Um, Dude, he's so nasty. He's I mean, so they were just good. Where do they keep finding these fucking guys? How do they always have this dude? It's insane. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, Ellis is only a junior too. Yeah. Um, oh, he's man. got more time. He's they're, got more time for sure. They're develop- he already has their development. Five and a half sacks on the year, dude. Yeah, their development in the trenches, but everywhere is you can't say enough about it. There, there is just. It is unbelievable how good these guys are, how good this staff is consistently every single year at identifying and developing talent. I don't think anybody is doing it like them uh, on the defensive side of the ball. They are just, they're just tremendous. It, they they are absolutely tremendous. There's really, I don't know what else I could say about it. Those guys are fantastic. Yeah, 100%. 
Um, they were nasty. Really credit to them. Dante Moore too. By the way, I'm not too discouraged about him. No, uh, tough day for him, but but he's still going to be a guy. Yeah, U- um, Utah has done this to quarterbacks before, and will do it to quarterbacks again. I would not. I would not take this as a yeah. terrible indictment on Dante Moore. It happens. You chalk it up to the game. It's you, that's what Utah does. That's this. Sometimes they're going to get yeah. you. They need to survive one more week with a road trip to an Oregon State team yeah. that really needs this win. Uh, they have that next week, and if they get through that, they will get to the bye week, presumably get healthy, get Cam Rising back, I assume, after the bye week, maybe next week. We'll see. It would, it would be really um, nice to have him for next week, I'll say. <laughs> it would be yeah. it would be extremely nice to have him and have a, a, a competent passing attack Especially going with, into with, that game. Yeah, because that secondary is bad. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that one on Friday night. Uh, our other one here is Oregon 42-6 to over Colorado. Uh, they were throwing in the red zone on fourth down up 42 nothing. Yeah. This was nasty work. This was very rude. Yeah. This was, uh, it, it was, <laughs> it's the kind of game you get under these circumstances. It is, this is going to happen sometimes. Colorado very, uh, limited with some of the injuries that they had. I don't think they would have been especially close, even if they were fully healthy. Um, Oregon's just better. Oregon's, Oregon is further along. It has, better. yeah, it has yeah. a lot more depth. It has a lot more depth of talent at every position. Um, I think Colorado is not like dead here. I would imagine that Colorado will bounce back at some point. I don't know if they're going to do it immediately because I think they have USC next. Although, correct, yeah. it not doesn't seem like it's that hard to keep up with USC. Arizona State did it. Um, but yeah, it's this is a this is a flush it week. This is this is a flush it week for Colorado and for Oregon. It's a it's a statement win, uh, and the, the statement is you know, fuck off, leave us be, stop, stop picking on everybody else in the conference. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, sure enough. There they go. Yep. Um, I, I mean, like I've enjoyed Dion's presence in college football and I, I like Colorado. Yeah. I'm happy for those fans. I, relevant again. I think he's an important but, character to have. I think he's good. It's, yeah. it's good to have him. I wish he wasn't the only thing that people were talking about. Um, agreed, but and he I, won't be now. Going yeah. I, I yeah. think to have him mm. as part of the college football menagerie of guys is a, is a good thing for the sport writ large when he's not the only thing. Agreed. Uh, but also when you talk shit every week yeah, <laughs> and their players went out and stomped the logo before the game. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, I don't know. Like <laughs> you had some of their fans like playing the victim about this stuff online. And, and <laughs> I don't want to get too into the discourse. Maybe we do the premium podcast. Some of it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, look, when you talk shit, people talk shit back. And if you're a worse team talking shit, you might get blown out. You might be motivated to like, just, you really stomp you yeah. uh, and not take it easy, which is what happened. So, um, Probably a little overboard from Dan Lanning, but <laughs> I mean, it's football. What can you do? Yeah. If you don't like it, stop them. Yeah, the game, um, the game is the game. Uh, next up here, yeah. Alabama 24, Ole Miss 10. Lane Kiffin is just not a serious football coach, man. He's just not serious about football. He doesn't care. His offense is stupid and shitty. He can't win big games. I'm sick of this motherfucker. Alabama didn't even play well here. Ole Miss just sucks. Yeah, you're right. Um... I, I mean, I, I guess I expected more from Ole Miss in this game. I don't know why, but I did. Yeah. Um, it, it was just, I'll say this, like, Jalen Milrow still kind of sucks, right? I know he was 17 of 21 of the day. Yeah. But threw an absolutely horrendous pick in the end zone. This could have been worse for Ole Miss. Yeah. Um, the Ole Miss offense didn't find much. I mean, Quinchon Judkins was bottled up most of the day. He had one really nice run that he bounced outside. Um, he's an impressive player, but... 
they just don't do anything to create structure around him. I think Alabama started to find a bit of an identity with the Russian attack. Uh, Jace McClellan, I, I still think he's clearly a tier below their other recent running backs, right? Your Jameer Gibbs's, your Najee Harris's, yeah. even your Brian Robinson's of the world. But he does have some of that Robinson to his game where he runs hard. Um, and, you know, Bama does not have a good pass blocking alliance. They have an actively shitty pass blocking line. Um but they can run block and they can lean on you. Yeah. And McClellan was kind of the star of this game for them. Uh, yeah. I thought, I thought he was the best player um, for Alabama. Um, again, I'm still not very impressed by Monroe. I am very impressed with the Alabama defense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're good. These guys, they're good. These guys are very good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, th- this from Alabama offensively and just in general, this looked a lot to me. Like, and maybe this is, you know, mythologizing the guy too much. This looked a lot to me like Nick Saban walked into the offensive meeting on Monday and said, stop fucking around. Um, and they did. They stopped fucking around. Just run the goddamn ball. You don't need to do anything else. Just run the ball. You have more size on your line than most teams are going to play. Jalen Milrow is not an especially good passer. Make it easy on him. Run the fucking ball. And I, I don't know why they didn't do yeah. that from game one. It was clearly what they were, what they should have been doing the whole time. They don't have the receivers to pass the ball all that much, and they certainly don't have the quarterback for it. Just run the ball. You have more talent. Just run the ball. You don't need to run all this RPO shit. Just hand it off. It's not that hard. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. And, and I, I'll say this too: like, like the offense was simplified, which is useful. And like, how many teams in the conference do they need to like get complicated with on, on offense? Right? Like, yeah. Until November, at least, like you play Mississippi State, Texas A and M, Arkansas, Tennessee before November. Um, are there any of those teams that you think can beat Alabama? Like, I, I don't know, like. Maybe A and M if the offense is is gets better, but yeah, I I the, like I, I think the nature of Tennessee is such that if you happen to land on the the roulette wheel on a good Joe Milton game, they could win it. But you know, there's no telling if that will happen. There's no way to make that happen. You just need to get lucky. Um, and maybe Tennessee does get lucky, or maybe it gets very unlucky and it gets crushed. Um, but I, I, those would be the two who I would single out as, as games that could be interesting, but in general, yeah, I mean, Alabama just doesn't really need to do much more than this and they'll probably lose to LSU because I think LSU is better at this than Alabama is, but you can win 10 games just doing this. It's there's, there's a pretty high floor if you just do what you're good at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just run the damn football, uh, let your defense tee off. I mean, the defense has players throughout, um, Deontay Lawson went down. It's going to be out for a few weeks. And Jihad Campbell stepped up and looked seamless. Yep. Uh, the secondary was nice. Dallas Turner creates a ton of pressure. Um, that defense will win you almost every game. I think like LSU, you have to be a little bit nervous. And Kentucky can also bait Jalen Milrow into quite a few turnovers. And like you said, yes. <laughs> maybe Tennessee, if they have a good offensive day, they can kind of get after you a little bit. But like by and large, this defense will win you almost every game on your schedule. Yep. Yep, I think that's fair. Central Michigan, 34. South Alabama, 30. Very, very strange football game. Um, I think Bill Connolly posted that Central Michigan had a 5% post-game win expectancy. Um, just one of those. It's it's one of those. I don't really have a whole lot to say on this. It's frustrating for South Alabama, but ultimately, yeah, your goal is to win. Game. Yeah, your yeah. goal is to win the Sun Belt, and this is not a Sun Belt game. It, 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 it is what it is. It's true. It just sucks. It just feels like a momentum kill a little bit, but... Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I just hate to see it for K. Womack. Um Evening games. Yeah. 
Uh, you want to do the big one first? Yeah, let's do the big one first. Ohio State 17, Notre Dame 14. I watched the end of this one on my on my phone on the sidelines during Utah State versus James Madison. <laughs> um, I was I was following along uh, in the the 70. It was 71 pages when I last looked. I'm sure it's up to more than that now. It was at 71 oh, late quite last a bit night. More. Yeah. Um, on the uh, the meet at midfield message boards of of posts from from people watching this game and um i was able to get a pretty good a pretty good grasp of it but i'm i would imagine you have watched more than more of it than i would so what are you feeling here yeah um look some of the concerns we have with ohio state i I, I, like this is not an offensive line that can run block especially well um which is frustrating because a lot of it's on the square of the shares of the, the shoulders rather of Donovan Jackson and Carson Hinsman. Um, they didn't play very well in the interior of the line. Um, I thought the day's play calling really kind of short-circuited his team pretty often. Yeah, The offense is not very efficient. I felt like they were running up the middle on, on second down every time for a little effect. Um, very annoying to watch. The, the third and fourth down play calls getting too cute were frustrating. Um, before Ohio State had that disastrous fourth and one call where they ran the jet sweep that everyone was laughing about. <laughs> after the after burning is, a timeout. They burned a timeout to call a jet sweep. Right. And the, the thing is, though, they ran just enough of the play before the timeout. You can see what they're going to do there. Yeah. And it was going to be another um, play action boot to the short side of the field mm-hmm. uh, where Notre Dame was loaded up. It would have been even worse, probably. Yeah. Um, so that's great. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I guess, yeah, g- g- the, the timeout ultimately saves you from what could have been a pick six, but um, <laughs> still, the process is bad, man. They get the result that they want, but the process is bad. Ryan Day's play calling on all but basically one play in this game I thought was really shitty, and that yep. has been a, an issue with him for, for a long time now. He's not good at the thing that he's good at. He's not good at play calling. He's 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 just... He overthinks himself he no constantly. Feel. Yeah, he has no feel, basically. Like, it, it, there's just no no situational awareness, no awareness of, like, what you should be doing. And, and look, I'm thrilled to get a win out of this, obviously. Um, at the end of the day, even though Ohio State looked like shit for large parts of this game, I don't think Notre Dame – I think Notre Dame is a solid top 20 football team, right? I don't think they're going to be a playoff contender. I don't think they're going to get 10 wins. I think they are a solid ball club. Um they should have won by more than this. And Ohio State's coaching short-circuited the team, right? That was the issue. It was like Ohio State's players, by and large, played fine. Yeah. Um, I thought that the couple problems with the O-line, I think that the linebackers were really horrible. Um, part of that is a problem I called out in our podcast last week where I mentioned that, you know, deep, our offense has done a really good job all year of putting Ohio State's linebackers in run-pass conflict, and they have not reacted very well to it. Yeah, um, and it happens a real problem. With, uh, and I'll I'll say Saturday. I'll yeah. say I don't think it's entirely the linebackers' fault. There is a disconnect between the front four and the back seven of this defense that has existed yeah. fundamentally for the entire time that Jim Knowles has been there with Larry Johnson. They are incompatible coaches. They don't make sense together. It is baffling yep. that they're still trying this shit. It obviously doesn't work. Yeah, and I'll say this, like credit to credit to JT Tumalowell and Tyleek Williams, because those two guys, like Larry Johnson, God knows why, his whole philosophy is just having individual defensive linemen make plays, pretty much. Like yeah. they don't really play as a unit. It's just looking for stars to make plays. Yeah. And Tyleek Williams and JT Tumalowell both made huge plays when it had to happen. 
Uh, I thought they got Ty Leak matched up on Joe Alt a couple times, uh, kind of pushing him to the edge. And he really physically bullied Joe Alt, which is impressive because I think Alt is, if not the best lineman in the country, one of the top three. Yeah. Um, very good player. And Ty Leak was too much to handle for him. And JT made two huge plays on, on Notre Dame's final possession that got the ball back for Ohio State. Right, he made a, I don't even want to call it a sack or tackle for loss, their RPO. He got back there so quick, he hit the uh, both players in the mesh point. Uh, and then he also blew up a screen pass um, that ultimately resulted in Ohio State getting the football back, uh, giving them a chance to win the game, which they went out and did. Yeah. Um, he was quiet all day, but showed up huge at the end. Um, I think their substitution patterns with Sonny Styles are fucking baffling. Yeah. The whole point of playing that guy with that physical profile at your third safety spot is that you don't have to take him off the field for yeah, the linebacker. He's an like adjuster. You should not do. You can change yeah. the formation around him. He's the guy. He's the hinge point. He needs to be. He's the one who needs to be on the field the whole game. He's he's the only Correct. one who needs to be on the field the whole game. And, and and look, I will say I get it for a nickel look on like an obvious passing down. But that's not when they subbed him off this week. They yeah. subbed him off like for a third linebacker, Cody Simon, who I thought was terrible. Yeah. Um, I thought all three linebackers for Ohio State played really poorly. Uh, Steel Chambers the worst. Cody Simon. Uh, I thought had a few really bad coverage snaps. Tommy Eichenberg just did not play up to his standard, which is pretty frustrating because I thought he'd been great the last season. Yeah. Um, and pretty annoying to watch Styles go off the field because I don't think Cody Simon, I know I'm getting probably too far in the weeds. I have an Ohio State podcast. I'll do this more on. But there's nothing that Cody Simon does better on the football field than Sonny Styles. No. He's not better in run defense. He doesn't fit gaps better. He can't play on the edge better. He can't cover better. I don't know why you would ever take Sonny off the field for Cody. I, I cannot imagine what the thought process is. Yeah. Like just that he weighs 10 pounds yeah, more. Appearances. Is that, is that ha- it would be for appearances. Yeah. Is <laughs> It's like, well, we, we're, it's a heavy set, so we need to have three true linebackers because my brain is stuck in 2007 and I don't understand how football works. Like that, that would be the only, yeah, that, this, this, it's like if you let a fucking, like a, like a, like a normie message board guy say how you stop the run. Well, you got to put a third linebacker on the field. No, you fucking right. don't. It's, it's it, yeah. It's just like Ohio state's team feels like it's controlled by message board guys all the time. Yeah. And, uh, and Lou Holtz, be tough. And Lou so, yeah, Holtz apparently yeah, and Lou Holtz. those are the guys who yeah. motivate Ohio state are people who are mad about Ohio state, not playing up to its standard and Lou Holtz. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the motivation. I, I will say, I also do want to shout out just on defensive performances here. Uh, Denzel Burke is one of the best corners in America. Yeah. Really, really good player. Um, just totally locked down all night. They barely could throw at him. Uh, and Lathan Ransom also played very well, I thought. Yeah. Uh, at safety. He is one of the most unheralded safeties in the country, uh, partially because he did kind of shit his pants against Georgia, to be fair. But uh, for throughout his career, he's been one of Ohio State's best defensive players and a very, a very guy, a very good guy. I'm, I'm happy to have on the team. Yeah. Um, on offense, uh the running backs were fine like I, I trey henderson still has problems with short yardage he doesn't really he's not decisive enough and isn't physical enough uh chip trey Anna got the job done when he had to um that you know he was obviously aided by notre dame having 10 defensive players in the field yeah uh as, back, as was which the, we'll talk yeah, about as was the second. third the third at 19 completion on the play that no that one was no that one was not that one had 11 oh. players in the field okay it was the snap prior when ohio state threw that pass to marvin harrison in the end zone okay uh, they had 10 players but yeah. their their final two plays on defense had <laughs> 10 players in the field which was crazy I'll, we'll talk about that one second uh but yeah i thought the running backs were pretty solid shrey had that nice explosive run for a touchdown which was very badly needed uh just doing what he does right the the offensive line cleared a huge hole for him to the edge and he outran everybody, which yep. works. That's what you have to do. Uh, that's what he does. And 
Chip Trianum, like I said, I thought very solid, good in the blocking game. Uh, Trey had a tough night in pass pro. I was not very happy with that. He's always bad at that, uh, which is why the folks who want him to be like the passing down back frustrate me because the only thing about it is, oh, what if he runs a route? It's never, yeah. can he make anyone miss in space? Can he block for Kyle McCord? And the answer is no to both of those. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, Emeka Guka was fantastic. Uh, he was nails, just finding space in the defense all the time. And, and I'll say this. I thought Kyle McCord was pretty pedestrian. I think I used the word shitty on the board, which is not fair to him. Uh, yeah. He was not bad. He was pedestrian throughout yeah. much of the game. However, that final drive, it's like, I know it's overwrought in sports ever to use the word clutch, mm-hmm. but like it was. the kid was five of, he yeah. was clutch. The kid <laughs> was five of six on third or fourth downs, like over, you know, like he yeah. was he fucking nails yeah he yeah. he delivered on that last drive in increasingly bad situations it, it was it was just like worse spot to have to convert from after worse spot to have to convert from um and he just he just did it he, he found a way um i'll uh it, it, unless you have anything else on the details i'll pull us out of the weeds here and give sort of my well yeah go ahead i, I want to say really quick too like obviously like the strike to get them out of the one yard line was the big play but like I mean, just throughout, just finding space. He threw some real seeds out there. Yeah. Um, I think people are going to be quick to forget the fact that he threw an interceptable pass as well, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, where he was looking for Kate Stover up the seam and just saw him too late. That should have been a thirty-yard game. Yeah. It, it, um, it, it also it like bounced off the Notre Dame defender's hand. It should have been. It was not just like a bad ball. It should have been an interception. It should have been the end yeah, hundred percent should have ended the game. Yeah. Yeah. But look. Myths are made with some convenient uh, forgotten facts. Uh-huh. And that is a myth-making kind of performance, right? Like you're yeah. in your fifth start at Ohio State. You go out and get a a fourth down comeback drive. Uh, I believe someone pointed out that was the first drive of the last three seasons. Or no, the last two, <laughs> uh, no, this one being the third. So, so the C.J. Stroud era and the Kyle McCord era where Ohio State trailed in the fourth quarter and had a drive to go win the game and did it. Yeah. Um, which Jesus. is crazy to say. They also haven't had many of them, right? So that's like the fifth time. Yeah. But like we're, they're one for five now. Kyle McCord's the one guy to get it. Yeah. Um, I, I think, again, I thought he was pretty pedestrian. I think Kyle has a lot to improve on. He had like five or six bad balls that were either underthrown or overthrown in that game. He missed yeah. Marvin Harrison. Notre Dame, did not, touchdown. Notre Dame did not make him pay in the way that it should have. No, not at all. And he also, to be fair to him, he also had a drop touchdown that should have been caught by Mecca Buka. Yeah. Right? Like, he also had a really nice third down pass that was wiped off by what I thought was a ridiculous call for unnecessary reference on Josh Fryer for simply finishing a block to the ground. Yeah. Um, but he has clear points for improvement. However, what I'm trying to say is a drive like that, where you go out and win a game for your team on some very clutch performances that changes the confidence that a quarterback has the rest of his career. Yeah. And it changes the confidence a team has in him as well and in their ability to perform. And I do think that's something where, like, I make fun of Ryan Day a lot, and I think his, like, his horseshit after the game was ridiculous, which we can talk about if you want to. Yeah. But ultimately, Ohio State got very lucky, I think. I think a couple of bad play calls from their uh, from Parker, their OC, and uh, Marcus Freeman's absolute insanity uh, with not taking the illegal substitution penalty to get 11 guys to the field for the final two plays. Yeah. Or not calling a time. It was, was fucking crazy. Or not calling a timeout. All it was fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, but they got, they got bailed out, but they, they took the, they took the bailout, right? They, yeah. they succeeded with it. Uh, and they got the game, they got the win that improves Kyle McCord's confidence, improves the team's confidence. I think it builds a certain like 
just persona going forward that you need to have. And I, I know I bitched on CJ Stroud a lot, who is obviously a great passing quarterback, but the aura around Stroud was so mopey and miserable. And like McCord is clearly not as good of a quarterback as he or Justin Fields were, but he does just have, this sounds so corny, but he has something to him, man. The guy, like the guy's willing to fight and does not bitch or complain. Uh, I think he takes coaching better than CJ ever did. Like, I think there's just something to that of being a guy who teams trust with the ball on his hand at the end of the game. Yeah. And, and I think, honestly, if you want to make a comparison, 2017 Ohio State with JT Barrett under Ryan Day would make sense. I, I, they're not the same player, um, but that team won a lot of games by doing that. That team won a lot of games by having a quarterback who just seemed to figure it out when they when he needed to. Um, yeah. And I think that that unless was... Unless he was playing Iowa. Unless he was playing Iowa. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that the, the expectation for this team moving forward in my mind, would probably be pretty similar to that. I, you know, I think 2017 team lost what two games, um, lost two games, yeah. and uh, went to the maybe yeah went to the weird Cotton Bowl that should have been the the Rose Bowl against USC and had its mm-hmm. issues. That was ultimately they were they they were too limiting, but also had some really big moments and some really big wins. Um, I think that that is what I would expect from this team moving forward. I'll. I'll uh, you know, and, and, you know, I, I'm sure we'll talk about this more on the premium. Um, yeah, but a, a, on the Notre Dame side of things, not to carry on for too much longer, and I, I think it kind of we've touched on this a lot, but like Notre Dame should have won this game. Notre that Notre Dame lost this game is on Notre Dame. It fucked this up really bad. It's on Marcus Freeman. Their players do not deserve any criticism here. No, it's on Marcus Freeman. It's on Marcus Freeman because, like. And I think you, I think you've said as much on on Twitter and maybe on the message board as well. This was the game Notre Dame wanted to play. They got it. They did it. And in the yeah. third and fourth quarter, especially, man, Notre Dame was just moving Ohio State every time it ran the ball, every single time, just moving them, mm-hmm. <laughs> moving them back. Ohio State was exhausted. And, yeah, weight room game. Yeah, and then Notre Dame on that last drive where it could have put the game away just just doesn't <laughs> just doesn't do that anymore. Just goes away from it. And uh, I, I think yeah, if you're Notre Dame. You should be very, very frustrated that you lost a game that you should have won. I think Ohio State kind of robbed a bank here. I think Ohio State got very lucky getting out of this with a win, and, and it, it spins yep. the same. Um, but on, on the big picture, it doesn't really change my view of that team. Notre Dame, you just you can't waste these opportunities. You are the less talented team, and they didn't. They just didn't do it. They just didn't take advantage. They had the chance several times over, fourth and shorts, missed missed opportunities on what should have been interceptions bad play calling, not having enough guys on the field, um, just poor management. It was poor management. Notre Dame lost this game. They did not, uh, uh, and, and, you know, should have won it. I, I think that Notre Dame got what it wanted and didn't take advantage of it. Should be very frustrating for them. They This should have been a signature victory, and instead they, they end up losing on the last play. Um, yeah. That is, it's not. This was a, uh, when I'm in a losing a game competition to my opponents, Marcus Freeman meme for Ryan Day. Pretty like, much. Pretty much. <laughs> Marcus Freeman found a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah. Um, both of these guys desperately wanted the moment to be too big for them. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Marcus Freeman Marcus Freeman found a way to do it. So yep. congrats to him. Yep. Um, yeah, we'll do more of this the premium because I have more thoughts I want to get into. And, yeah. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk more about it. Uh, the next game here, for, I, I guess I, I thought Wake Forest would be bad this year. We're three surprises. <laughs> Georgia Tech wins 30-16 to 16 at Wake Forest. Um, yeah. man, man, that is a tough result for Dave Blossom. Yeah, and I, I'm going to give credit. I'm, I'm, I'll go – Wake Forest is not very good this year, and I think it's going to be a pretty long yeah. year for Wake Forest. I'll go in the other direction, and I will say 
Georgia Tech is firmly competent. Good for them. Yeah. Good for Haynes them. Haynes King is pretty solid, man. Yeah, Haynes King has has figured some shit out. Brent Key, I, I I have you know what? I was not familiar with your game. I treated you unfairly, Brent Key. <laughs> you are a uh you were the program steward that they needed to just make shit normal. Just make it normal. Don't just don't be weird. Just don't be weird and you'll win some games. And I think that they are just gonna kind of be the you know the the what's the fish that just lives at the bottom of the ocean and just eats a bunch of shit that comes down there? Is it a there's rem- a lot of them? Yeah, yeah. It's the whole ecosystem. Yeah, the, well, they're one of those. They're one of those guys. They're I, in the, the they're in the abyssal plain. Yeah, yeah. Um, Georgia Tech is in the abyssal plain and it's just eating the weird the, the the bad shit that falls to the bottom of the ocean. It gets nutrients off of that. And in the ACC, there's a lot of bad shit you can get nutrients off of. Georgia Tech is gonna win some games just by being competent. It doesn't have to be good. And that is. That's a huge step forward. That's a huge, huge, huge step forward. I, I'm, I'm happy for them. That's, a, this is a big win for those guys. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they seem to be figuring some things out. They're not good. They're not going to beat good teams. But if you can beat bad ones in the ACC, you could still be a bowl team. And I think they're very well on that path right now. Good for them. Yeah, I mean they're going to need to get an upset to get there because I mean they'll be favored against Bowling Green, Boston College, or Virginia. Yeah, the other games in their slate are uh, my on the road at Miami, home against North Carolina, at Clemson, home against Syracuse, home against Georgia. Yeah, so they're going to have to find an upset somewhere in the mix there um, to get to a bowl game. But I mean, even five and seven feels like improvement, right? Yeah, they're competent. Um, they're competent. They're, yeah. That is the first step. You can't be good until you are competent. You have to do this first. Good for them. They're they're more talented than they have been in a while. They look like a competently coached football team. I'm happy for them. Um, yeah, watch... Let's do our two other quick hitters before we get into the big the big three games left in the slate. Okay. Um. So so Penn State wins 31 nothing over Iowa. They held Iowa to 76 yards of total offense. Yeah. Um. And and, and... I know Iowa is a bad offense, but there is no qualifying how impressive that is. Penn State's defense is fucking nasty. It is. So I think it's the best good. in the country. It is yeah. so good at. Everything. Um, I, I really don't have a whole lot to add on the defense. The offense was what impressed me here. They they handled it. We talked it coming into this this slate. You know, we want to see Penn State handle it. We want to see the offense take over a game and 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 do what needs to be done against an Iowa team that is limited and that can be beaten pretty badly if you get a hold of them. And Penn State hasn't usually done that against Iowa, and they did here. This was a this was a statement for them and this was the win that they needed. They dominated and they 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 should have. They they did what they were supposed to do and then some. Yeah, um I I don't know. I think you're maybe more encouraged on their offense than I am. Yeah. Um uh, I, I, I Iowa's think... defense is good. Iowa's defense is, is is what it is, and you put 31 points on them, you're feeling pretty good. You put 31 points on them, but you ran 97 plays for 4.1 yards per play. Yeah. Um. They. I mean, like when you get when you only hold a team to 76 yards of offense, you get a lot of possessions and snaps. Sure. And I think that Penn State's offense is still not very efficient. Um. Like despite good field position, despite a ton of possessions. Again, Iowa's defense is very good. You said that's 100% true. Um, I just think, I think maybe the most encouraging part here is that they were not sacked. Drew Aller was not sacked all night. And he didn't throw um, an interception, did he? I think he didn't he throw was, an interception. He was clean. No, there was that's, a, that's fine. That's a, that's really yeah, good no against this team. There were no turnovers at all for Penn State. Yeah, yeah. no turnovers at all. Uh, they did recover four fumbles, uh-huh. um, <laughs> which feels <laughs> nuts. Yeah. Um, I think given like what we know, like given how little offensive production Iowa had and how many turnovers Penn State forced, yeah, this probably should have been worse. Penn State's offense is better, 
like I am, I am encouraged by like, again, the defense to me is the best in America, like bar none. Yeah. Um, I still got to see more growth in their offense. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I, I think it is, this is an encouraging step in that process because it was clean. It's not going to necessarily be pretty against Iowa. It was clean. Drew Aller didn't make any terribly stupid decisions. He did what he was supposed to do. You, they didn't let Iowa make it an Iowa game, and that has been an issue for Penn State, even with teams that were really good. Really, really strong Penn State teams have yeah. let Iowa make a game of it, and this group didn't. You just you can't. You cannot give Iowa any room to do that. You can't let them. You yep. can't let them make it their game, and Penn State never did. And Iowa certainly helped that along with those turnovers. But Penn State came into this game and said, "We're better than you, and we're just going to kick the shit out of you for sixty minutes." And that's yeah. what they did. That's how you handle this kind and, of game. And I'll say, I'll say this too: if Penn State plays that kind of game, either the game they just played or the kind of game Notre Dame just played against Ohio State, they can and will beat Ohio State and Michigan yeah. playing that kind of football. Yeah, Penn State. If is they can a, get that kind of game state, they will win. Yeah, they're a better version of Notre Dame. They're a much better version, I think. They're they're they're, yes. they're more talented. They have a better quarterback. Um, they have more that options. Rush attack, everything. Yeah, yeah everything. Yeah, it's. If they can get that game state, they will beat a lot of football teams. Yeah, I mean, guess um, guess who the, won the Big Ten the last two years? It was a team doing that. It was, it was right. you know, Michigan <laughs> has gone to the playoff back-to-back seasons because it did that. The team that does that best is very capable of winning this conference. Yeah, and it's not like the Michigan or Ohio State offenses look good right now. No, either. no, it is um, not like that. I would say it's actually the yeah. opposite of that. <laughs> uh, Stay in the Big Ten really quick. Uh, Northwestern wins 37-34 in overtime against Minnesota. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what the absolute fuck? I'm shocked. I am absolutely stunned. Um, I thought Minnesota was bad. Yeah. I didn't think it was like this. I they, mean, they ben blew Ryan it too, didn't they? For 400 yards on, on them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they blew it. They had a they had a, a I think a Northwestern pretty... had 21 fourth quarter points. Oh god. <laughs> I mean, good for Northwestern. They're still trying. They're still fighting. That is a, uh, that's good. It's I, I can't spin that to be bad. That's good. It's good that they're still trying. That they still care. Um, good for good for them. Good for uh, you know, good for Braun and good for that staff that they have done this. Um, you know, I'm happy for them. We thought that they want that they weren't going to win a game this year, and they've won two. Yeah. Um, and they just got a big and, and just win. the response too, right? Like yeah. after, like Minnesota scored uh, late in the third quarter to go up 31 to 10, which at which point the game should be over, right? Northwestern goes on an 11 play, 75 yard touchdown drive. Yeah. Forces a Minnesota three and out. Scores on an explosive. Uh, they have like three passes of 17 or more yards to score uh, in less than 40 seconds to make it a one score game force another punt from Minnesota, could stop themselves, force another punt after that, and go on a 14-play, 80-yard touchdown drive <laughs> uh, to end uh, to end regulation yeah. uh, and send it to overtime, where they then shut down Minnesota's offense again, hold them to a field goal, and score on the very first play of their own possession in overtime. Yeah. Um, just, they were fucking clutch, man. Like, of their final five possessions, four were touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's... That's impressive, and and I'll say, and I don't know if there are Northwestern fans. I would guess that there are Northwestern fans who are Just struggling, yeah. who are Just... struggling with this, um, this specific thing. And I, I don't know that my saying this is going to mean anything to them. But you're allowed to enjoy yourself during this. You're allowed to be proud of these guys and to be proud of their, 
you know, that they're, that they're still fighting, that they're resilient. You don't have to feel bad about it. You don't have to have that, that sort of, that, the, the feeling in the back of your head where it's just like, when is the other shoe going to drop? I know this team isn't very good. I know that they're, they're probably not going to win a lot more games this season. Just enjoy the moment. It's fine. They're fighting. That is a, a lot more than I think you could reasonably ask of this team, given the circumstances. Just enjoy it. It doesn't, you know... A bowl season is not the only good thing in this sport. Being good is not the only good thing in this sport. This is a win that Northwestern fans should enjoy, and I'm I'm hoping that they will. You're allowed to have fun. You're allowed to enjoy the little victories. It's going to be a really, really hard couple of seasons there, um, and you have to take them where you can get them. This is, this is one that Northwestern should be really proud of. Yeah. Um, next game on our list, Patrick, is LSU's 34-31 to win over Arkansas. Yeah. Um, man, what an ugly fucking football game. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say that I think the only two good units in the SEC right now uh, are LSU's offense and Alabama's defense. And okay. it's West, I should say. Yeah. Because um, the rest of these guys fucking suck. Like, LSU's secondary is horrible. Yeah, um, it's struggling. They are so bad. I mean, they are so, so, so bad. Uh, I think they gave up five plays of 20 or plus yards on, on the receiving game. Mm-hmm. Um, just explosive after explosive. Um, yeah, I, I mean, really hard to watch for these guys. And they've also had a ton of injuries, but they, they've gotten some guys back and they're still not playing well. Um, I don't know what to say, man. Like, look, Arkansas is not very good. No. Um, and they're poorly coached. Arkansas takes a million penalties. Yeah. Um, they in this game they took uh, eleven penalties for sixty nine yards, <laughs> and LSU still needed a a last minute field goal to win the game. Never, never um, good when you're up over double digits for penalties and you're under seventy yards because that means that you're taking like really just not necessary. Yeah, constantly. you're taking false yeah. starts. You're taking offsides. You're not you're not even making it count. It's not like you're you know hitting a guy five yards out of bounds and, and sending a message. You're not. You know, you're not making a competitive penalty. You're just jumping before the snap. You're just doing stupid things. Yeah, yeah. And uh, part of me does wonder, too, like, where the hell would LSU be without Malik Neighbors? Um, yeah. Well, I good, mean, he good just news. They've got offense. him. Good news. Yeah, <laughs> they've got him. But, like, I, I thought the LSU offense, by and large, played very well. Yeah. Um, neighbors and Thomas were open all day. Daniels was accurate. He had one pick, but was... Otherwise, very, very solid. Uh, they averaged six and a half yards per carry on the ground. Like, the LSU offense did their job 100%. Uh, the problem was just the whole defense. Yeah. <laughs> and even the defensive line got pressure. Like, I'll say that. They had four sacks. Um, they just, the secondary breaks down so yeah. fast. Too many big so plays. Fast. Way too many big plays. And it, it has been an issue uh, for a little bit now, it was an issue against Florida State as well. Just too many big plays. Um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll take we got Ole Miss on on Saturday night. Yeah, I don't think Ole Miss is going to have shit to say about that. Um, <laughs> I know. I, good good luck. Good luck with Ole Miss trying to do that. Um, but I, I'll I'll take sort of the more sentimental other side of this because I think that there are very very reasonable complaints to lodge about LSU. They need to be better if they want to do what they want to do this season. Um, I will also say historically speaking and just in general this is a game that has happened before this is not new this is a thing that arkansas does this is a thing that happens in college football sometimes a team that isn't very good beats a team that is good and 
those losses are really frustrating for the team that is good, and LSU didn't suffer one. And it wasn't pretty, and it should have not been this close. They shouldn't have had to kick a game-winning field goal. But they put one on the board in the right column, and they didn't knock themselves out of playoff contention with a loss that they would be regretting for the entire offseason and for the rest of the year. And it is very easy to have that happen to you. It has happened to a lot of teams that are really good, that are better than this LSU team is right now, and they it didn't happen. They won. They found a way to win, and that's okay. It's fine. They, 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 they get to live another week to try and figure some of this shit out, and that is much better than the alternative. Yep. All right, what do we got next, Pat? Uh, Washington State 38, Oregon State 35. Uh, th- Man. Oregon State scores a touchdown uh-huh. late here, um, but... I we we had I, they scored a few late. They had twenty one in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. I, I had um, I had alluded to this being a possibility of Washington State being good, like full on good. Um, I am I am ready to give them their due. I am ready to give them that credit. They are playing their asses off. They have been unfucking believable this season. Uh, Cam Ward looks tremendous. I thought he was just about perfect in this game. Um, they, they don't run the ball especially well, but they are finding ways to move the chains. These receivers, Josh Kelly and Kyle Williams, were both tremendous in this game. I think Josh Kelly's a Fresno State, straight, Fresno State transfer. Um, they The defense finds ways. The defense was really good for most of this game. I think Washington State is just really good this year. I, I, I you know Oregon State, it's a frustrating loss. You want to win this game. They were favored, but... I, you have to give Washington State credit, man. They're well-coached, and I think they're really good. Yeah, and also, I mean, most importantly, how fast has Ben Arbuckle turned Cam Ward around? Yeah, credit right? to him. Like, he talked his shit, and he was right. Good for him. We, we, yeah. we, we I had, mean, he was now 28-34 for 404 yards and four touchdowns. Like, he, just, yeah, uh, just about perfect. Just about a perfect football yeah. game from him. He looks like a different guy. He looks like he's been fucking coached. I, I You know? Uh, we we were. It looks like he did play an FCS football. Yeah, we uh, we talked about in the off season. You know, if you're if you're going to do all this, if Ben Arbuckle is going to come in and say, yeah, I don't think this guy was really coached. You know, I, I don't think he was really developed the right way. You have to back it up and develop him. And yeah, he looks like a different quarterback. He looks like a completely different quarterback. He looks really really damn good. Um, credit to Ben Arbuckle. Credit to Washington State. Credit to Jake Dickert for that hire. He made a good hire. I, I think objectively. Yeah. And I think he's got a really good team for it. And uh, I'm happy for them. I'm, I'm happy for those guys that they're going to get to have what I think could be a really big season for them in their their last year in the Pac-12. Yeah. And between those two teams, Utah, Oregon, Washington, USC, um, still such a competitive race yeah. in the in the Pac-12. Yeah, it's um, good. I think it's, UCLA it's very is good. pretty clearly like a, a cut below, like we talked about in the preseason. Um, but this is... Uh, this is a real race. And like, I mean, Oregon state's right back in there. They beat Utah, right? Like this is not a team that's done at all. Yeah. Uh, and that's, this is like, this is a real, a real race, this title coming up and uh, Wazoo can hang with anybody. They have two of the best wins in the country, right? They've yeah. beaten now two top 25 or 30 teams with Wisconsin and Oregon state. Yep. Um, that, that, and that sure stadium at home, but that yeah. environment is terrifying right now too. That is a, that is an impossible place to go and play with the just the energy around that program, the spite that exists <laughs> around that program and within that uh-huh. program, that is this is as nasty as a very, very nasty environment has ever been. Um, it's fun. It's really, really fun to see them doing this. Dude, I think they're going to be in it. I just looked at their schedule too. 
Um, they get a bye week this week before going to UCLA, which is a game that's going to be hard, but they should win. Yeah. Um, and they get Arizona. They go to Autzen, which is a tough game. Uh, but after that, it's at Arizona State, home against Stanford, at Cal, home against Colorado. Oh. Like, worst case scenario, they should be going to the Apple Cup with yeah. a one loss. Yeah. Right? Man, that's awesome. That's so fucking cool. I, I really... I'm I'm just happy about that. That's really cool. I didn't expect this at all. So I, me a call by. I was wrong. I yeah. was wrong on Washington State. I thought they were kind of pedestrian. I was wrong. Good for um, them. Very good team. Yep. Uh, last game in the evening slate, which was so many good games here. Yeah. Um, Kansas State takes care of business, wins 44-31 against UCF. Um, they did it without Treshawn Ward. Uh, UCF was not John Reese Plumley. Yeah. Uh, Will Howard or sorry, Will Howard. Yep. Sorry, the Will and Walker Howard, the quarterback, pisses me off. Uh, yeah. Will Howard. Uh, was pretty clearly banged up in this game and limited. Mm-hmm. Um, but two-score win for Kansas State. Um, played really good football. I don't have a ton of thoughts on it because I, I think it's kind of the outcome we expected once we knew John Reese probably wouldn't play. Yeah. Um, but it's a very good win. Um, to win by two scores against a conference opponent like this at home, is it's just what you got to do, right? It's the yeah. care of business. Yeah, with your quarterback you know, limited, obviously it could be worse. You could be UCF without your quarterback. Um, but uh, the, the big thing, the only real thing that I will say on this is other than just Kansas State took care of business and did so in pretty impressive fashion, um, even without Treshawn Ward, <laughs> DJ Giddens in this game, 30 carries for 207 yards and four touchdowns. He also had yeah. eight receptions for 86 yards. That is, uh, wow, that is one hell of a performance. That is stepping up when yep. your team needs you. Um, God damn, you can't give him 30 snaps every year, 30 brushes and, and eight receptions every game because he'll die. Um, and they don't need to because <laughs> Treshawn Ward will be generally, I think, healthy moving forward. I don't know how long-term this injury is for him. Um, but, Not very, um, but that is, yeah, that's delivering when your team needs you to deliver. That is a big-time performance from him and, and really what I wanted to see from from somebody on this offense. Yeah, 100%. Um, they were looking for a Deuce Vaughn replacement, and I don't think they'll ever fully get that every week, but they had it this week, right? That's a Deuce Vaughn stat line. Yep, and um, that, that wins you games. <laughs> you got to you gotta find ways to do it, and, and they, they did there. Uh, late night, we got yeah. two Pac-12 games to close us out. Um, I, I don't know that we're going to linger on either of these. Actually, what? Sorry, really quick before those, because we're going to go quick on these. I will yeah. say Kansas State, um, bye week, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, TCU, Houston. Mm. They should absolutely be undefeated, or sorry, uh, should be 7-1 and one going to their road game at Texas the first weekend of November. Yeah. Um, that's that's gonna, a banger. That's going to be fun. That is going to be fun. All right, late night, Washington 59, Cal 32. Cal scores a bunch late to make it a little bit more respectable, but this was just a, it was just an ass-whooping. It was a complete ass-whooping, and Washington is... Uh, as go- uh, Washington has not played a ton of teams who I think are especially impressive, but Washington has taken care of business as sufficiently and as... Uh, dominantly as anybody in this sport. They are really, really damn good. They are very impressive. Yep, over 500 yards again. <laughs> they do it every week. Um, that offense is... Yeah. I, I don't know who's touching it. I don't know who's touching that offense. They're they're just about perfect. They are so good at everything that they do. Yeah, and they had... Um, they had one of the receivers out too, right? Um, uh, I think so. One I of the... So. Um, one of the receivers, it was uh, uh, Jalen McMillan didn't play. Yeah. Um, so, it, I mean, like, this is a not full strength 
Washington offense that still tore the hell out of these guys. 59 um, points against a Cal defense, and I know that this is not like the the peak Justin Wilcox defense, but 59 points against a Cal defense, and they, they weren't all on offense. But to do that, man, is it's hard to do. It's hard to do. It's really hard to do. Um, that is, it's really impressive what they what they have built there in such a short time, and just how good they are at at everything that they do. Every part of this offense is is really clicking right now. They're running the ball well. Michael Penix is is uh, fantastic. He he is I think maybe the most effective quarterback in America. Uh, I would guess that the stats back that up. Those receivers are terrific. They know how to get them the ball. Just a, a well-oiled machine there. Yeah, and I will say as well, by time Washington took the 52-12 to 12 lead, um, that then, like you said, Cal scored a bunch late in this game. Yeah. Uh, before that, they had held Cal to 205 yards of total offense by the time the game was out of hand. Yeah, um, and the defense has been generally pretty, pretty good this season. It has generally held up pretty well. It's been good enough. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's and all they really like, need. I mean, the comparison people are making, and I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. But, but the comparison folks are starting to throw around here is 2019 LSU. Yeah. Right. Where like they just can score a million points on everybody. Yeah. Uh, stars and... at stars across the board at receiver, quarterback who can get them the ball from any position and from any arm slot and and any of that stuff. I, that's you can you can yeah. kind of. You can see that. You can sort of talk your physical running back and Dylan Johnson, who can kind of help lead the ra- lead the way and and get you yards when you need them. You can you can I can understand people talking themselves into that. Yeah, they do have uh they get Arizona this weekend an easy game and then yeah. a bye week. But after that, man, um, it's go time. They get Oregon right after bye week and they get Arizona State and Stanford before going the November slate before games in November is at USC home against Utah at Oregon State, home against Wazoo. Um, <laughs> that is a, like this team Battle plays, it's the hardest schedule in the country probably, I think. Um, it's them or the, uh, like Ohio State as well plays probably four of the top 25 teams. They probably play six of the top 25. Like it's, uh, I think Washington is the hardest schedule in the country. Yep. Um, so that is a very, very serious schedule. So, yep. We'll see. We'll see. Keep an eye on it. USC 42, Arizona State 28 to close us out here. These guys, they're just not, they're not what people project upon them. They're not. Their defense is dog nope. shit. Um, this offense uh, put together, you know, some, some stuff late in the game and, and was able to figure it out and get out of a really close game, scored 15 points in the fourth quarter. But if Arizona State can do this to you, if Arizona State can take you into the fourth quarter, I think probably the worst team in the Pac-12, save for Stanford, um, I can't really even imagine what the good teams in this conference are going to do because USC, it's it's a lot like, you know, the last program Lincoln Riley was at that we talked about three hours ago, it feels like. Um, there's just not, there's not any substance to it. There's nothing in there. It's just window dressing. There's nothing in the store. And it, I just don't see it. I don't see it playing against good teams. And they've they've yet to play one of those and they've still struggled even against some bad teams. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is not a serious program. Also, their defensive line is better than I thought. Um, I'll give them credit for that. I know Arizona State's offensive line is absolutely horrible, but yeah, I mean, still, you you, you get eight sacks. It's still impressive, no matter who you're playing. Yep. Um, and uh, the other note here is that it's great to see Marshawn Lloyd uh, playing as well as he is again. Um, I, I generally do not like USC, as you know. We kind of find this whole program. And Lincoln Riley's demeanor, all that shit, annoying. Yeah. However, Marshawn Lloyd, 154 yards on 14 carries. Um, 
just great to watch that right yeah. just just really fun to watch him play football yeah um he's one of the more exciting players in the sport i mean obviously everyone knows that uh caleb is as well and i don't know man like just uh, i'm i don't like i don't like this team i'm not looking forward to hearing about them for much longer they're gonna get a quote-unquote big rant at colorado yeah um they have their own brutal stretch end of the season uh from october 14th onwards they get at notre dame home against utah at cal home against Washington, at Oregon, home against UCLA. <laughs> oh um, it's not going to go. It's just not going to go. It uh, it can't go. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. we just have to get through. We just have to get to October 14th, and then we won't have to really worry about them, I don't think, a whole lot moving. I moving hope. On. I hope. Yeah. I hope that Notre Dame and Utah beat them the exact same way at back-to-back weeks. Yeah. Um, like, that that's would, what I'm hoping that would be. That would be very choice. Um, all right, that's all, all right. we got here. Uh We're going to grab some waters and take a little break and get to the premium. (laughs) Yep. Yep. We will see you guys there.